1: flyweight champion of the world.
2: This is Fast Eddie Chambers and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man Joey Coastman. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 235 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host Joey Coastman. I'm joined once again by the cruiserweight slash heavyweight prospect, the undefeated Mr. Hassim Rackman Jr. Hassim, welcome back on the show once again. How are you? I think you're on mute, Hassim. You hear me, Joe? Yeah, I got you now. Go on.
1: Okay, Joe, Joe, I said thank you for having me on the show again. I appreciate it. I really do.
2: No problem whatsoever, it is our show now, it would seem that way in recent weeks, again I'm just going to be honest with the listeners here, Um, at this point I'm not too sure if there is going to be an interview on this week's show unfortunately. i'm not a million percent sure but like i say we're still giving you content we're still going to speak about a couple of um a couple of you know topics once again this week that a lot of people will have a lot of different opinions on um once again those topics were sent in by the former two time heavyweight world champion mr Hassim ratman senior um yeah, like I said, I just want to say we're kind of going in blind a little bit. Not quite sure if there's going to be an interview. I do at some point want to discuss um, a funny boxing story that I don't think I've shared before on the podcast. I could be wrong. But um, yeah, there's a funny the fu- a funny little story that, that happened to me about a year or so ago in boxing. Um, it may be something that will entertain anyone that's listening um, yeah, so I'll get onto that in due time. Let's start though with the first topic, Hasim. Um, that first topic is: Should fighters be banned for life when testing positive for PEDs? Um, I'm going to let you start this time. It's always me that takes it away. I'll, I'll, I'll come to you first. What's your opinion on that? Oh, I think
1: that's a that's a that's a, that's a hard that's a hard thing to deal with because. Um, everybody's not 100% good. So um, I think that there should be uh, a limit. So if you test positive for for performing enhancing drugs more than two times, then yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to box because you've been warned okay, you got me once, you got me twice, you're, all right, now three times is. I think if you catch, if, if you get caught using uh, performing enhancing drugs, more than twice, maybe even more than once. Maybe boxing should have a more than once rule. If you get caught twice, it's over. Because, um, <clears throat> it's not always on the fighter. Uh, fighters, sometimes the fighter goes into the fight and it's it's more of the corner and in the, in the camp that's in the fight than, than the actual fighter. And, uh, you know, people listen to their coaches. People listen to their trainers. They, they trust them with their lives. And everybody's not, everybody's not, uh, honest. So if um, a fighter, fighters have been duped into using performance drugs, I'm sure. Um, and a lot of fighters have done it on purpose. But I don't think that the first time you get you get busted, you should be banned. But if, if it's a reoccurring thing, then yes, you, you, you shouldn't be able to compete because you're not a true competitor. You're a cheater.
2: And just to reiterate what you said there, you say the first time you shouldn't be banned. Do you mean banned for life? I mean, you should surely still receive some kind of ban.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You should definitely be punished. You should definitely be punished. But I mean the ban for life. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, It's difficult, you know. It's a a difficult one because, again, it, it kind of depends, in my eyes, on what's in your system, how much of it's in your system, and uh it's difficult because again it, it comes down to a you know a situation where people are going to think different but do you believe the guy do you believe the fighter of course no one's going to come out and admit it but there is cases where you've heard about people popping and you say oh i don't think they've I don't think they've they've done that intentionally, but again, we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors. Um, one case that just cannot be ignored, and he's a friend of the show. You know, we 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 had a couple of good interviews back in the day. Um, Big Baby Miller. You know, I, I'm under the I'm under the belief that I think one of the PEDs he had in his system there was no other way it could get in the body apart from being injected. Stuff like that. There, that's so blatant. But then. Um, you know he got he got a bit of a slap on the wrist really you know he's i think i think he he served about 6 months something like that and then straight away without even fighting i think he's he's been signed now by a top rank so that for me wasn't wasn't a fair punishment you know and there's there's other guys there's there's a guy actually in in the UK right now called um Liam Cameron, I think he won the Commonwealth title. I think he was in line to fight for the British title. Good fighter. And um I think he, he tested positive for like cocaine or something. I think he he'd done he'd done something on a night out or whatever. And he's kind of been, you know, barged out of the out of the sport really because he doesn't have a big name, he doesn't have loads of money, um, to hire top top, you know, lawyers and stuff like that. So He's he's really on the back burner, you know, and we see that with low profile guys. Once they pop, it's very very hard for them to make a return, even if it's something really little. Um, but you know, like I say, I think two years is a is a is a is a nice punishment. I like that. Usually over here, anyway, there's a two year punishment. Um, you know, for, for, for most of the time, but there can be even longer punishments. Um, but yeah, you know. It's 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 a it's a tough one. Like I said, depends on what it is, how it got into your system, what your excuse is. But yeah, I think if you've been popped more than once, um, that that for me, that should be a, 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 a permanent ban. Like you say, Hassim. I'm trying to think: is there anyone that's still boxing now that's been popped more than twice? I think obviously Dillian White, even though the second time um has has kind of been a little bit confusing because apparently he tested positive then he didn't and I'm not quite sure what's going on it's it's really confusing that one but um he's back to boxing but you know he definitely fouled the first time um early on in his career before he linked up with Eddie Hahn and he was out the ring for a while and then um yeah you know if 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 the recent stuff was indeed another fouled substance which again it's so unclear because um, of the way it was all handled. He was fighting in Saudi Arabia. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, yeah. Some people even think he could be serving a ban right now because he hasn't boxed in Britain. He's out of Britain's jurisdiction. Maybe there's a ban here. This coronavirus will be like music to his ears, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of theorists out there. It could be the case. You know, I, don't, I really don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm trying to think. Is there anyone else perhaps that... that um, like Dillion has had a real ban and then the second time round it's all been a little bit unclear. I'm just trying to think. Can you think of anyone, Hassim?
1: No, I can't I can't think of anyone. The the biggest case, obviously recently, is the Big Baby Miller case, but yeah. I, I can't think of anyone um before that. Yeah. That was that that's been popped more than once.
2: Okay. All right. So we both pretty much see eye to eye on that situation. Um, let's move on now to the second topic. The second and final topic we're going to discuss. Um, and that being, should there be same-day weigh-ins so fighters won't have such a heavy advantage? This is where um, I'm going to kind of struggle to, to, to give a firm answer, really, Asim. Um Obviously, the the day-before stuff is you know, safer for the boxer, but not necessarily in, in every case their opponent. It's, it's 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 a difficult one.
1: It's a difficult one, but um boxing has been around for a long time and as long as I've been boxing or you know, I've been watching boxing, the only same day stuff happens in every game. I think the uh, the way in the day before for the pros they earn that. And um you know, people know what they're getting themselves into when they when they step into the ring. Now, should they be should there be a limit on how much weight you can put on after the weigh-in? Yes, they've already done that. But as far as um, same day weigh-in, already enough going through a fighter's mind uh, the night of the fight, the, the night before the fight to to be thank you to be uh, stressed out, which is, which is, is going to happen, to be stressed out and like you said it would be even it uh even a, a bigger danger for fighters to be uh maintaining their weight and then fighting a couple hours later um i think that the the day before weigh-ins should stay intact
2: yeah okay yeah um, yeah, and just like I say, we've we've whizzed through a lot a lot of what we were going to talk about very quickly. Um, so I'm going to tell a little boxing story. Now I wish I had enough stories that I could tell one this week, one the next week, etc. etc. till the lockdown's over. But I don't think I've got enough stories in me. <laughs> um, I told a story um, recently um, when when Eddie was, I think maybe last on the podcast. There was a you know a time in January of this year, January 2020. I was out there in the States um, at the Clarissa Shields and Ivana Habazin fight. And um, (laughs) we walked out to the ring, obviously, in in Ivana Habazin's corner. Um, We walked out to the ring uh, because Eddie was working her corner. So we, we all walk out to the ring, and then, you know, the fight takes place. Clarissa Shields wins the fight. And then when we go back into the, you know, back in the dressing room, everyone got in apart from Eddie. The security actually stopped him. And didn't believe he was part of the team. He was the one guy who um, who couldn't get back in the dressing room. <clears throat> yeah, he's the the most known out of out of everyone, uh, which was quite funny. Um, but yeah, there's there's one story I, I I'll, I'll go into here that I don't think I've mentioned on the pod before. It's a bit of a weird one. So um, I went to the Joe Joyce verse the American that was about seven foot tall, Donnie Palmer. Um, do, do you know you don't know Donnie Palmer at all, do you? Hasim? You know everyone else. No, yeah, I know that. Oh, you know him, yeah. I know Donnie. Yeah. All right. So obviously he came. He came to the UK. Boxed Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce took about thirty seconds to get rid of him, and um, I was there ringside for that. And on the way home, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going going home via the train, and um, I'm on the train. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at like a a really you know busy popular station in london called london bridge station and anyway i'm going up the uh, the escalator um, you know up, up the escalators and then uh, you know i'm i'm dressed up i've got i've got my boxing media pass around my neck and i could just feel this big figure watching me staring at me as as i'm as i'm coming up the escalators because it was quite busy it's quite a busy station and um you know everyone's kind of facing forward you know, as as you're going up the up the escalator, there's a guy in front of me that's purposely turned around, seen my pass, and he's staring at me. I can just feel him, a big big guy, and I'm thinking, what is this guy looking at? Like he's been doing this for about 20 seconds, and I haven't looked at him yet, but I can feel him looking at me, right? So, anyway, we're going up these up these escalators, and then I think, right, I'm gonna have to look at him now because it's getting awkward. So I look at him, and then he goes, he looks at my pass. He goes, "What's this?" He's a big black guy. He goes, "What's this?" I said, um, I said, Oh, you know, I'm I'm boxing media, I just went to this boxing event and he went, Oh, what happened? And I said, Oh, you know, Joe Joyce just beat this American in like thirty seconds and he goes, Ah Uh, ah, yeah, okay And he goes, um, What so you know, you're you're big into boxing then, yeah? yeah? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm big into it, yeah And he goes, Nah, you're not big into it. You don't know nothing yeah. about boxing And I'm like, Yeah, I do, I do, you know, like I i do my podcast i interviewed hundreds of fighters like i'm bang into it it's, it's, it's everything to me and he's like nah you don't know nothing about boxing if you knew about boxing you'd know who i am and i'm like i'd know who you are and i'm like who are you then and he goes nah see you, i'm not telling you if you knew about boxing you'd know who i am so um i say what's your name then tell me your name if you know if if if, if i recognize it if you're someone i should know who you are so he, 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 says, he says to me, Julius Francis. I, again, I'm in this moment. I'm on, I'm on an escalator. Like, this guy's been watching me. I'm not my sharpest thinking right now. And he, he, he says, Julius Francis. And, and for a minute, I go, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, you, you were involved in a big fight. Like, yeah, who did you fight? You were in a big fight. And then he just laughs at me, right? And I go, no, tell me, tell me, who did you fight? And he goes, Mike Tyson. And um, mm. and so yeah, obviously I don't know if you know this, Hassim, but he he boxed Mike Tyson when Mike Tyson came to the UK in Manchester. And the famous thing about this fight is that um, one of the newspapers um, over here actually sponsored the souls of Julius Francis boots. Of the, of the bottom. Of
1: his that's yeah. right. I remember that, and they tried they tried to do the same thing with Danny Williams, and you wouldn't let him.
2: <laughs> so that's what that's what happened. So. Um, so yeah,
1: ah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah,
2: so so it was him, and you know when I when I got home, kind of thing, because you know Julius Francis. I'm a young guy. Julius Francis. I don't know tons about him. I've never seen all of his fights and all that. You know, he, he beat some good fighters and stuff like that. But I'm not a historian about people like that. And um, I was looking, I was looking, you know, at his career and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. And then I I went onto his Twitter page. I thought, I wonder if he's got Twitter. I went onto his Twitter page and. This is just where it gets really weird. He hasn't been on Twitter for about three years. the The very last tweet on his page is a retweeted tweet of one of my tweets, and that was like, "Whoa, no! yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> you know." So that's that was crazy. like, "Wow, how weird is that?" So yeah, that's 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 my little uh, five minute boxing story, you know, because at first I thought who is this guy, I thought it was going to be trouble and um, it ended in just, uh, you know, craziness like I say, he he was just walking around we shook hands at the end when he went but um, yeah, you know, obviously a guy that, you know, retired and stuff like that, didn't, didn't come away with loads of money and um, to be honest by the looks of, you know, what he was wearing and the, I think he was carrying some bags from a supermarket um, yeah, you would have never known it was him, a guy that shared the ring with I am Mike Tyson. Um, yeah, unbelievable stuff. Um, Hasim, I'm sure you've got some stories. I don't want to put you on the spot right now, but um, maybe you know over the next couple of weeks or whatever, we can uh, you can you can sort of think of some. And I'm sure you've got some good stories that um, that you can share with us at some point.
1: Yeah, no problem. You just, all you gotta do is tell me a fight, and uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the background. on fight. I mean, I've been. So many fights, might even just include my dad. But, it's you know, boxing is fun. It's dangerous, it's fun, and, you know, we all love it. So I, I make great out of every... Every time I go to a fight, I pretty much got the story. So it's... Uh, it, it's, it's <laughs> boxing has definitely been a whirlwind.
2: Absolutely. This is why we love the sport. It's the sport that um doesn't really have any official rules. And the man off the street, even if they've been a boxing fan for years... Doesn't really know what's going on and 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 who's going to end up fighting who because it's so non-straightforward. That's why I love it. It's a mystery, um, you know. The theatres are unpredictable. Ah, that's 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 a brilliant little phrase there. I remember Don King saying something before, which is which is um, you know a quote that 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 has always been the case. You know, he said um, in boxing, you don't get what you deserve; you get what you negotiate, and that's a hundred percent right. Um, like I say mm, like non predictable sport. Um Yeah, so I remember another time when I was walking Eddie Chambers to the ring when he boxed over here on the Fury Chisora two undercard where we walked to the ring and they something was up with the music system, so there was no song, so we walked to the ring in silence. That was another one. But um yeah there's some there's some good ones i'm sure you've got some really good ones Hassim. so we'll we'll perhaps hear the first of many on next week's show but like i say um even though we've come to the very end of of the talking now we've discussed the 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 boxers on ped situation we've discussed the situation about same day weigh-ins i've given you my little story there i'm going to try and think if there's any others i can dig up um I have managed to secure a guest, and I'm going to bring him in in just a moment, but once again, this week's show is something we've done pretty much off the cuff and unprepared. We've given you, though, something to listen to regardless, and I hope you've enjoyed it thus far, but with no further ado, let's welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the reigning WBO Super Featherweight World Champion. It is, of course, Mr. Jamel Herring. Jamel, welcome back on the show, my brother. Hey,
0: what's going on man? Great to be back. It's great to be back and there's a lot to speak about. (laughs) There's a lot to
2: speak about. Obviously, it's been a difficult period for everyone uh, during this, this whole coronavirus situation. Even myself, I've had a lot of trouble getting um you know getting interviews done to be honest because no one really knows when their next fight's gonna be who it'll be against where it will be and um right. yeah. you know even myself i don't really want to get people on on the show just for the sake of it with no real substance behind it but you know as you know you're one of my favorite people in boxing and when i realized we hadn't even spoke since before your last fight it was a no-brainer to get you back on the show how are you anyway my man
0: I'm I'm doing great. I mean, I'm always in good spirits, man. Like I said, it's always good to speak with you, man. You know, I consider you a friend, so it's good to speak with you. Even though we didn't do an interview before that, but we did get to see each other for the Carissa Shields belt, so we gotta we gotta we gotta include that. But um, I, I mean, like you say, you you can hear it in my voice, man. I'm I'm doing really well. Um, you know, even though like you pointed out, a lot a lot of fighters can't really say when they're gonna fight. You can always call on me, man, because we can always just speak boxing and we can speak on the future.
2: Absolutely. And that's something we, we, we definitely have to do in the, in the future at some point. So like I said, Jamel, we, we last spoke back in October. It was just before um, your first defense of your world title against the undefeated Lamont Roach Jr. Talk me through that fight, Jamel, in your in your own words. And obviously feel free to go in as much detail as you like. <laughs> Um, I, I, felt, I it was it was a good it was a it was a good performance. It wasn't the greatest,
0: you know. Like I said, I got I got I got caught with a good one in the eleventh, but like a true champion, of course, I um a bounced back. But it was more of a um, in in honesty, if you look at it, it, was more of a more of a chess match, more of a time sometimes sometimes a cotton and mouse because you know Lamont is a um, defensive fighter. It wasn't like with the Edo fight where well, you know Edo was more the aggressor. So of course he he um take take chances and, and for, for the opening whereas with Lamont you know he was more he was trying to be more precise with his punches and you know he, he was on the back for a lot so it was more of a you know it's actually a more of a slower pace than um the Edo fight of course but overall it, it was a good experience because you have to as, as a champion you're going to come across styles that you may not be accustomed to at times you have, you all have to be ready for you know, well, at least train for each and every style that's, that's placed in front of you. But I thought it was it was it was a good outing. Um, I got I got to um keep my title of course, and here we are.
2: Here we are, and like I say, a, a brilliant first offense there. Um, a warrior moment in the eleventh. I was t- I was actually terrified as well when that shot landed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It- it was a good one but obviously the main reason again that I haven't or hadn't invited you back on the show since then is because I was waiting for the official announcement for you to fight Carl Frampton obviously the announcement never actually was official um, there was lots of rumoured dates but nothing was <laughs> nothing was actual concrete um, then obviously the whole pandemic came around but tell us Jamel, what what is the latest with the situation obviously you're not sure when it's going to be but what can you tell us anyway
0: um, I I can pretty much um, tell you that the fight will happen. Of course, I'm not, you know, I'm not walking away from it at all. Um, the only, the only issue that I'm worried about the fight, and it's crazy because, you know, even though um, I'm going in at, you know, in in basically enemy territory, I can't tell you right now if the fight will happen in Belfast because if you look what they're saying around the world, they're not sure if they're going to be having fights in the in the venues with fans now. So. That's the only thing I'm not too keen on. I know the fight will happen. Um, They're still pushing for the summertime, of course. But the only issue is we don't know that the fight is going to be in closed, you know, closed venues now where, where the fans
2: can't, you know, can't view it personally.
0: So that's the only thing that I really don't know what's going on about, man.
2: Um, it's, 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 obviously a difficult situation. Like I say, we're, we're still so unclear. Um, what, what's the situation right now in the States? Cause over here, like in London, I don't really know what's going on in Northern Ireland where, where, you know, the, the fight was proposed right. to take place, but in London flights are still coming in every day. Like we're still, you know, we haven't even shut right. the doors. Flights still coming into, to, to the U S at the minute or.
0: Um, I believe, um, they, they, I believe, um, there are flights within the U.S. I know, but I don't know if they're allowing flights from, um, basically overseas. other countries that's coming in. Like, like borders is pretty much still shut down, but I know there's we still have a lot of flights going around going around the country as a whole. But at the same time, there are flights still being canceled within the U.S. So, it, like I said, man, it's, it's still kind of crazy, especially like where I'm from in New York it's really bad with the coronavirus situation. Um it's gotten to the point where I believe they like um the public has been ordered they, they, they're not allowed to come out unless they're wearing um basically um face masks and everything like that, so yeah man it's it's still wild so it just it just like it all like truthfully with with, with the u s it all depends on what part of the country you're speaking about, but I know for a fact that a lot of flights are still being cancelled or you know and things of that nature
2: and like I say before this this whole thing came about i I feel like you were under the the impression that the fight. Would end up taking place in Belfast. Uh, right. The fight, should it happen, well, it will happen, but when it does happen, is it is it likely to still be in Belfast? You feel?
0: That's the thing. Um, that's the whole thing with the issue, phone um, Because if you look at, it, if you honestly look at it from the business aspect, bro, um, like if we can oh, no, have no a understood. fight where, where fans are in attendance, like I think they'll they'll take they'll they'll dismiss the whole idea. Of going to Belfast because the point of going to Belfast not because it was Carl Ferguson's um his hometown but it was going to be a huge event in a huge arena for for the fans it, you know it all came down mainly for the fans and if we can't get the fans in, in, in venues I think they're like um, Bob Allen is talking about moving fights into smaller smaller venues where it just closed
2: off in the public man okay now I understand completely yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah being honest Jamel... um. I- I know you, you know you, you, you like you like a challenge. Obviously, that goes without saying. Just look at the the type of person you are. But how would you prefer it? I mean, at the end of the day, the most important thing is holding on to the world title. That's that's a simple fact. Would you prefer to go oh, yeah. to to if if it was up to you? Would you prefer to be able to go to Belfast and have the fight in front of all those fans, or being being selfishly honest, would you prefer it in the US where you don't have to travel, where you've got the advantage slightly?
0: I mean, I, I, of course, you 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 were always wanted to be home on, on your grounds. Of course, that's, I think I believe with any fighter. But I was actually excited and looking forward to coming to Belfast because um for the for the most part, you know me, Mel. I'm all about the fans. Even even if a majority of the fans that they're rooting against me, it would have been a history um, making fight because we know Carl is vying to be you know he's trying to be a three a three division champion, trying to make history in his own right. Um, not every, and not, and more importantly, not every world champion can say they, they, they fought in a football arena, you know? So like, who, like, that, that's the, that's the main reason why I was, I was going, I was looking forward to the fight. I wanted to be a part of, you know, something big. I wanted to be a part of, you know, be a part of history. Of course, I, I, I was going in there, um, you know, fully confident I would get the win. But that's why I didn't, I didn't mind where the fight was at. Yeah, you know, and me being from New York, of course I, I would want it in, you know, Madison Square Garden. But when Top Rank and everyone said that, you know, it would make sense in Belfast, I didn't argue with it at all. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't make a, a fuss about it. I didn't act like a diva. I was all for
2: it. And something that surprised me earlier today when I was reading a press release was that... Um... You know, the press release said something along the lines of Carl Frampton wasn't as impressed as others when when you and him stood next to each other in the ring and we saw the size difference. He branded you as lazy. He said that you were out of shape. And he estimated that you, uh, if, if you'd got on the scales at that moment, you'd have weighed 12 stone, which for the American listeners, the quick trends... Uh, translation, I I guess is the word I'm looking for, um, in pounds at least right. would be would literally be hundred and sixty eight, the, the super middle weight limit. <laughs> what was your reaction to that when I sent exactly. you earlier, Jamal? <laughs>
0: um I think I think, um, in all honesty, I don't take offense to it. I actually take that stuff as a compliment in terms of the, the weight and things of that nature, but um I never you know, I have a, a um a nutritionist who, who you probably see right now Going back and forth on, on my Twitter because she's a she takes that stuff to offense because she has never allowed me to get over 155 pounds. I don't think I, and to be honest, I don't think I've even even seen in my lifetime 155 pounds on the scale. So you know that goes to show you, man. Like yeah, I'm a big dude for the weight, but I'm not. I'm never out of shape. We all know that. I mean, you since you know me, man. I in between fights, I'm always working out. I never, I never came across where you know where I have a gut or whatever you want to call it, and um you know I just take I just take that as a way he, he has to psych himself into believing that he has a chance I guess you know as part of the fight game I guess I don't know if, if he's trying to psych himself into it or if he's trying to do some self promoting and, and build a fight or whatever but you know I never jump out of character um I haven't what to say but I that I, thing I think that just motivates me because I feel like they're worried about something. And like I said, weight is the last thing to worry about. And the whole thing that, you know, being, being lazy in the, in the fight, I fight at my own pace. I mean, you, like in the Edo fight, I fought at a fast pace because Ito kept coming. In the Vos fight, like I said, it was a more of a chess match. So I had, to be, I had to be more calculated. But, you know, when you look back, when I fought John Vince Moralde, I had to chase Moralde around the ring all 10 rounds. And I beat him 10 rounds to nothing, to nothing. That whole entire fight to the point where his team actually wanted to quit. They wanted him to stop the fight. They wanted the commission wanted to stop the fight on the stool. I believe in the seventh round because he was taking so much of a beating. So that goes to show you, like, it doesn't matter what people say. I know I can adjust to whatever style is playing in front of me. I get Carl all the stuck in the world, but I think at this at this point he's just in over his head because you know you. you, children, you no one has ever seen me say anything disrespectful about Carl Frampton or even Frank Warren. You know Frank Warren picks at me every two days or so. But I, I've never gotten out of character because I know what I'm capable of, love and I know what I'm going to do when, when, the, when the time for the fight, when the fight comes.
2: And like I say, anyone that's been listening to this podcast for long enough knows the admiration I have for yourself, Jamel. Obviously, a, a brilliant thing. In September of last year, someone tweeted on Twitter saying, "Tag someone you'd like to meet." And at the time, of course, I tagged I tagged Jamel, and then four months later. Like, like you say, it happened Atlantic City at that, Shil- <laughs> yeah. that Shield Taberzim fight. I think it took you about ten seconds to realize who I was, which slightly broke my heart. But it was good to get I've a picture. I've seen the shirt, yeah. I've
0: seen the shirt. I've seen that. I had to match it up. And I know that shirt because I had that shirt. But yeah, man, it took a it took a quick second. Then I heard. when you were doing what you spoke. I knew off the bat. I had the accent. There we go. <laughs> but man, like I said, we had a great time that night. It was great seeing you, man like we we spoke like like we know each other our whole lives and like I yeah, said it was just it was just a good a good feeling but um yeah man like I, that's that's the reason why I, I was like interested in even going over there because I get like people like you i get a lot of love and support from others on that side of the pond as well so that's why that's one the reason why I didn't have an issue because though it was his backyard I still have a fan base over there as well it may not be the biggest but at least I have some love and support over there that I'm happy that I'm grateful of. And I, and I was more than, well, more than ready to go over there and just have a good time.
2: Not only that, but the people of Northern Ireland as well, I think they appreciate good people. And I remember when... Um, Nonito Donaire came over to fight Carl Frampton, Nonito Donair is another guy like yourself that you just can't help but like so you know he received a fantastic reception, everyone loved him when he was over here and I think you'd, you'd probably um, get the same kind of reception from the Northern Ireland fight fans yeah. um, again, since we last spoke Jamel, Joseph Diaz beat Tevin Farmer, I'm sure you watched it, what did you make of that fight, obviously another champion now in your <laughs> weight division
0: Another champion and also one of my Olympic teammates. So um, once again, congrats to Jojo Diaz. Um, I'm also a good friend of Tevin Farmer. I was actually I was actually more surprised at what was going on because at points in the fight, Tevin looked like he wasn't himself. And there's nothing to take away from Jojo because Jojo did, had to do um, as a fighter. And at the end of the day, Jojo had to fight with a huge cut over his eye from basically the first round to the 12th round. So... You've gotta give Jojo respect for that He went out he, he didn't let it he didn't let it, you know, knock him off course on what the real goal was. But it just that seemed like at times Tevin just wasn't himself. It was like he was pushing up his shot. He seemed sluggish. The timing was off. But um, you know, JoJo got mean and vicious in there and he did what he had to do.
2: Yeah, um, you're right there about the cut. I don't know who Joseph Jojo Diaz Cutman is, but unbelievable what he did to that cut. It was like he put a spell on it. It was perfect after after um initially yeah. opened again. Another another guy since we last spoke that that now holds a belt. Leo Santa Cruz obviously moved up. Um, is he a potential opponent for you, or do you see politics ruling that one out? Oh, uh, oh, yeah,
0: I, I definitely would love to fight um Leo Santa Cruz because um. Leo, Leo, like Carl, had a lot of credentials under his belt. That's the reason why I wanted to fight Carl Franklin, because I give him the respect. Carl, in my opinion, could, be, could potentially be a future Hall of Famer because of what he's done in the sport of boxing. I mean, if you look at it, I think it was 2015, Carl was, what, the fighter of the year? So, you know, you can't take another another from him. but like like you pointed out in the beginning of the interview, I love to challenge myself. So I'm not looking for the easy route. You know, you knew after I, after I beat um, Ito, that I wanted to um, fight the best in the division, which was uh, Miguel Burchell. So I never, you know, wanted to duck anybody. I never wanted to, I never said no to a challenge. But as you've seen over time, it was kind of hard for me to even get these fights. <laughs> and that's why I, I give Carl still the respect, because he actually stepped up to the fight. Even though the first time we met, when, when, when I stepped in the ring with him, so he probably was like, oh, I, I, I didn't think he was
1: this big.
0: But, you know, here we are now, and, like I said, if all goes well with the Krebs fight, of course I would love to fight um, Santa Cruz next, if, if possible.
2: And I'm going to throw a tough question your way now, Jamel. When we last spoke, I'm pretty sure I asked you who you favoured um, if we got to see that 147 super fight between Crawford and Spence. I think I remember you sitting on the fence. Um, I think it was just the week after we spoke that Spence obviously had that awful car crash. Um, we we're all eager to see you know, how he looks in his next fight and all that. I'm sure, you know, you, you're, you're a friend of his. I'm sure you probably spoke since then and all that. But um, we're in quarantine. We're all a little bit bored. Have you budged at all? Are you yes. still sitting on the fence? Oh, <laughs> um, you
0: know, sure, uh, man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make the boat most of what I can from this quarantine. But um, I'm definitely um, not look, – I'm looking forward to hopefully, you know, big fights being made after the whole quarantine because we lost so much time in the boxing world. I don't think, you know, we should waste any more time. So, like, what you mentioned with guys like Errol Spitzer and um, Bud Carver, hopefully that's a fight that can be made. I believe that this time – I believe that this quarantine time is actually doing right for Errol because it gives his body still more time to heal after the accident. So, I'm I'm grateful to see that, you know, he's making the most of his time just to let his body heal some more and get back into things. But, man, oh, man, I I, I just can't wait just just to see somebody, you know, somebody touch gloves again. Fence it. I <laughs>
2: will let you off, Jamel. You like to sit on that fence when it comes to those two.
0: Oh yeah, you know what I mean, man. I love them both. I love them both. <laughs> Shout out to Arrow um, Spence Jr. Shout out to Terrence Bud Crawford. You know I love you both. You know I love you guys both, man. But um. May the best man win.
2: <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I know, the type of guy you are. Listen, if it was if it was me yeah. fighting Anthony Joshua, I think you'd you'd sit on the fence as well. Um, closing words, Jamel. If you've got any message before I let you go, obviously, oh,
1: I,
0: I, 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 I have to say this. I have to say this because i usually, I know I don't talk much on him, but I have to. Um, you know, give credit to to my guy Archie Shaw. Okay. <laughs> and I say this because. You know, I watch everything. I just, I may not say nothing, but I do pay attention to everything that goes on, especially in my division. And I know, uh, I believe, I, I believe it's like a probably about a week ago or so. Well, Archie's been saying it for a while, but you know, Archie is, is smart. Like when he looks at the fight between me and Frampton. of course, you know he has a lot of respect for Frampton. But you know, he see, I, I like, I, I he sees it for what it is. And and I, and I say the same thing. There's nothing against Carl Frampton, but I believe at times he's in over his head. About things like, you could say this or that about me being slow on the foot, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm a southpaw, I'm the longer man, I, I can box, you know, I have a, I have an Olympic pedigree, and those things are going, it's going to make, it's not going to be easy night like for Carl, is, may, is what he may think it is at times, it, even taking out the factor of the weight, it's still going to be a tough fight for Carl. But you know, I give I give Archie Sharp, he's, he's never, I give him credit, cause he never say anything like really disrespectful. He's just a guy, you know, who wants to, um, of course. Like I was in the same boat. He just wants to fight for the for world title, so I can't knock that, bro. Trust and believe. I pay attention to everybody in the division,
2: <laughs> and I'm keeping I'm keeping notice on everybody who's climbing up the ladder. Yeah I think Archie's ranked number 3 now in the, in in the rankings but yeah I think yeah. I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken I think he's even sparred Carl in the past obviously you know I'm guessing they 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 must have some kind of degree of professional relationship because of that stuff obviously he's never met you um you know he, he'd probably be in his best interest especially over here to come out and say when asked who'd win the fight between you and Carl, to come out and say Carl, but no, he's openly said he thinks he thinks that you know you're you're gonna be um, yeah. And Carl. I give him that,
0: yeah. exactly, and I give him that respect, and that's why I give him that respect because most most time you think because you know they're, all, they're from around the same area at least you think that of course he will he will root for you know for for him, but now he's being honest and saying for what it is. But at the end of the day, I still got go in there and do what I got to do. I can't take Carl friendly lightly because like I said, he has if if one thing Carl has over me is experience and I give him that give him that. He had a lot of he has a lot more experience over me because he's been in more world title fights than I have. But I, I feel like I'm still the hungrier fighter because, you know, Carl Fenton's legacy is pretty much cemented anyway. Either he wins or loses it's pretty much cemented. In terms of me, I still feel like I have a lot a lot more to prove. And that's what that's what keeps me
2: hungry and, and um and sharp. Absolutely. And like I say, just closing words, Jamel. if you've got anything to say just before I let you go, as always, I like to, you know, throw the microphone, so to speak, over to you if you've got any closing words for our listeners.
0: Um, I just want to say, you know, um, thank you all for the love and support. Um, I appreciate everyone over there, um, whether they're rooting, rooting for me or not, because at the same time, they're all pushing and they're all craving for this fight. And it's like, at the end of the day, without the fans, you know, we can't get these, um, these huge moments that um, us fighters, we, we crave for. So um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you all out there. Um, thank everyone. Thank everyone out here in the space as well. And if, if anyone, anyone wants to reach out to me to speak more about the fight or just speak boxing, they can hit me up at Jamel Herring on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll be more than welcome, you know, more than gladly to, to speak boxing.
2: Absolutely. Thank you once again, Jamel, for coming on this week's show. It's nothing but a pleasure every time we speak. Thank you for your time. I hope we get to see the Frampton fight sooner rather than later. And, of course, I hope we can speak again right. real soon. For sure, for sure,
0: for sure, man. It's all great speaking to you, brother, man. Take care of yourself out there and just be safe.
2: Okay, and this wraps up episode 235 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Hassim Rackman Jr. has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our sole guest on this week's podcast, the reigning WBO Super Featherweight World Champion, Jamel Herring. Once again, no news to discuss, no review, no preview. We were supposed to go through our best fighter from each division, um, down from welterweight, but we kind of forgot to do it until after we finished recording, but don't worry, we're going to do that for sure on next week's podcast once again if you have any topics you'd like to suggest for us to discuss on next week's show send them over to us on twitter if you do get a chance please leave us a review on itunes thank you all for listening more importantly remember to stay safe and wash your hands and we shall see you all again next week